<laughs> okay, our first episode on on video. I guess we can just scrap this and just release the audio if it doesn't work, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> Everyone's going to love the video. Of course they are. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to episode nine of That Reminds Me Of, and this is a special <laughs> edition, right? Is it uh, ever? The Melbourne International Film Festival has just kicked off. Uh, tonight is the opening night, and we have decided for a few reasons to, and which we'll get into, but to basically pick off a, about eight or so films from the festival, both see them and review them as quickly as we can after the actual, the actual, you know, film viewing uh, so that it's nice and fresh. Yep. It's a break from our usual style of show, our usual frequency of show, our usual level of enthusiasm. <laughs> That's right. It, it means for the next two weeks, we're going to be putting out eight episodes. If all goes to plan, who knows what will happen, but that's the ambition. Yeah. Uh, so today we've just both seen first cow yes which is the opening night film yes what a what a bloody thrill for starters i so enjoyed it normally this is the time of year where well i'm going to miff every year getting the passport trudging through the rain usually sitting through films with wet socks because it's been so cold and wet in melbourne and i've been like uh waiting in queues and stuff to get in yeah and now you can just sit sit down in your chair and Oh, completely dry. It's, it's actually beautiful. So what you're saying is you like the festival from home? I kind of do. I don't have to smuggle my hip flask in. Uh, it's, it's, it's cool. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know how many people would prefer this. I mean, for me, it felt really odd. I kind yeah. of got the festival vibes. Um, I caught the festival vibes a little bit when all of the sponsored by videos uh, and like little trailers and things happened at the beginning and it had the cool kind of, um, you know, the, every festival they have like their own little um, ident that plays at the beginning with some fancy music. It had that. Yeah. And so, you know, you're in, you're in a festival, but yeah, I'm time. sitting in my office chair. <laughs> with you hear that noise? Oh, is that Jesse? I, I think that's Jesse the cat. Let, already. Her, let, let Jesse what's, in. What's that? Two minutes. Two minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've left the door ajar so she can come in or out. Jesse can come and go. Jesse doesn't give a shit. She wants to come no. and go when she wants. Uh, so what was I saying? Yeah, we were, you know, you have the, the festival vibe to a degree, except here I am in my office watching it on my computer because my wife's in the other room taking the TV and the girls are doing their thing. Uh, and it just, I, I don't know, it didn't, didn't feel at all like a festival to me. So oh, it I have mixed me. feelings. I, I thought the start with, you know, with all the, the myth uh, look and feel, you know, it, all, it still had all that. And I, I just it, felt like I was there. I think they've done really well. It still got you going? Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and they even did a Q&A, which is, which is a bonus i think that's cool that they're still doing some of that stuff because you know that's one of the bonuses of a film festival is mm. often straight after the film the director or the the writer or one of the actors gets up and does a little q a which is nice yeah that was great and the intro did you see that no i didn't i i missed the 
I, I missed the extra content until afterwards and I, I skipped that one. Yeah, it was just a one minute thing. And um, the director, I, um, I blanked on a name. How, how ridiculous. Where, um, oh, the um, director, Kelly. Kelly, Kelly Rockart. Kelly Rockart. Yeah. Uh, well, I just started playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jesse, this is professional. Difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she did a little intro and she did the Q&A afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was really good. They just gave it a, like, like with festivals, it made you feel as though you were participating in something a bit special. Look, I think they've done the best that they can with, like they've made lemonade for sure, right? Yeah. Um, and they've done a good job of it. But it's, the, I think the magic of festivals is being there, you know? That's a big part of it for me anyway. Yeah. No, um, so that that's a little hard to get by, but. Who cares? This is this is this year. This is what we're going through, right? And they've done a great job of it. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to what the full experience of the two weeks will be. Yeah. Um, so, well, first cow. Did you know anything about uh, Kelly to begin with? Look, I didn't, and and I I didn't um, I didn't do any research for this film beforehand. So I came in cold, only knowing what the uh, synopsis for the film was and that it was the opening night film and it looked interesting and there was a bit of buzz around it. That was it, which is kind of, a, I mean, it's always a fun way to see a film and it's quite hard to do, but at festivals, it's a common theme. Like yeah. you, you've got a, this long list of films. You don't know what you're getting half the time. Uh, so, you, you know, you, you just start picking off the ones that sound the most interesting um, often and that's exciting and fun. Yeah. Well, that's what I did here too. And just picked the film based on the, synopsis it sounded cool and it was yep. the opening night one so i thought well you know it's, you know, it's got to be all right yeah it's got to be okay uh but then i i looked back at her back catalogue and realized that i i had seen another one of hers at miff probably a couple of years back night moves ah uh, starring uh jesse um jesse jesse social network uh, uh, eisenhower eisenberg eisenberg <laughs> 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 I just made that up. I was an Eisen something. Jesse yeah. Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Yeah. <laughs> Eisenberg. That's right. Yeah. No, yeah. Jesse Eisenhower. He's, he's good. <laughs> I don't remember that, that film all that well, films. but it, 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 I do remember the, the feel of it. And it was about these environmentalists who uh, basically do a, a terrorist act of blowing up a dam. And, and it was really cool from memory. Yeah, I, um, I've seen Meek's Cutoff, which is another one of her uh, films, and I didn't realise that we, I was, it was the same director until yeah. I, after I watched this, I did a little bit of Googling and IMDBing and sort of linked a few things. So, um, and that's an equally sparse, quiet sort of, I don't know, um, frontier, big open landscapes kind of film. This one doesn't have big open landscapes, but it's, you know, it, there's, nature's a real presence in the, in the film yeah. like it is in this one. Yeah, I've read the synopsis for that. It, it sounded really, really similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember all the ins and outs of it because it's, it's been a number of years, but uh, it's the, the style of it really stuck with me. It's a film that I can remember and just how much the soundscape of the, of the environment plays into the film. 
mm. was really noticeable and it's in this film as well like it's it, it almost doesn't have a score that you can pick out until about the last sort of 10 minutes of the film um the rest of it just sounds like uh just sounds like you know trees and wind and water and bird song and it's and it's, and a, it's a real style. Cat, cat scratching on doors with a sound. <laughs> cat, is that what you're searching for? That's right. Is Jessie trying to come in again? See, yes, she is. And then <laughs> she doesn't care it's about It's a long the door. story. <laughs> okay. Tell her we're trying to do something here. And then I open it and she won't come in. And then it's, it's a suspicious <laughs> yeah. circle. That, <laughs> That's always so, the way. First impressions. Do we start there? Uh, yeah, let's do it, and then and then we'll do a bit of a synopsis. Yeah, yeah. I guess for a festival film, I mean, normally we we go all out. We don't care about spoilers. I think maybe because this film is still doing the rounds uh, and it hasn't been widely released yet, we should probably hold off on spoiling the end, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Hang on, we're gonna. I'm gonna get my co-host here. There we go. There's the culprit. <laughs> See how long this works. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. Um, All right. So the the film opened on a this big boat cruising slowly down the river. Yes, a modern boat as well. A modern boat, which was uh, interesting because it's not the film you think you're seeing. Mm, that, that it was a long shot. boat and a long shot. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Uh, um, and and the and she does this really. You, you don't want to give away um, too much here, but she the film is kind of bookended in in a way, and she's done a really interesting thing of sort of um, starting off in the future and then. Mm. With a with a question mark and then filling in the gaps with a story from two hundred years earlier, or, no, wh- or you... whatever it is. I think it was yeah, but it was eighteen twenties ish. Eighteen twenties ish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did did you pick that up straight away? Like, did you have a sense of time and place of of those two times and places straight away? I did actually. Um, I when she has that opening scene. Um, I, I, I knew that, that this is what we were getting into. So mm-hmm. perhaps, perhaps I've seen it before somewhere, but it just, I, I went, okay, great. So we're going to find out the story from the past of these, of, of these characters. It's great. Yeah, did, see, did it I, occur to you or not really? No, I missed later. it. I missed it. And I spent uh, a third of the film kind of wondering where they were like, mm. and, and not thinking that I hadn't got the, the, the cues to know where they were yet. Yeah. And and then suddenly when I realised they're in the 1800s sometime, it looked like, uh, I, I felt a bit dislocated and, and wondered okay, <laughs> yeah. how, did that, how did that happen? I, I didn't see the transition. Yeah, it, it was odd. Um, normally they make, they make it more obvious. Yeah. Uh, a lot of filmmakers would by doing a, a super of some sort or, you know, giving you some clue. I thought it was clever that she didn't. I thought that was a cool choice. Um, oh, and let's talk about it quickly while we while we're on some choices. Uh, things four by three. Did you notice that? Did I notice it? I noticed it straight away, and I, my first 
question to myself was what is Baron going to say about this? So I want to know what was, what was your reaction? First reaction was that I hated it. I was like, oh, my God. You know the way you were talking about the uh, how does my art move you thing? <laughs> I, 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 that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, wow, here's a moment where uh, the whole grainy 16-millimeter vibe of it, the, the four-by-three, the long, long, ultra-long shot of like a ship in the harbor, you know, yeah. you just go, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's uh, It's full artsy, but... Um, by about sort of 15 minutes in, I forgot about it and I just was in for the ride. So there you go. 15 minutes in, where would that have been? Because I, I charted my journey through the film and, you know, where I thought it had me and lost me and had me. Uh, so where were we 15 minutes in? Where, where did you feel like, hang on, you're, you're in? Um, I think it was around the time where uh, Cookie, the... The um, the cook that's sort of uh, the talented baker comes yeah. across the stowaway uh, Chinese man um, King Lu, and they sort yeah. of and he decides to help him. I think yeah. that's probably where I started just getting hooked in the story because everything before that is a little bit is kind of preamble. You know, it's setting up the yeah. character of Cookie's not that really that important to the overall story um, until that moment kicks off. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and probably more specifically for me, the moment just a little bit after the uh, when they meet, yeah, when you see that he's actually got um, uh, what's his name in the film? Ting Ting Lee or something? Ting Lee King Lee. I think it's King okay. Lee. Yeah, <laughs> um, when he's stowed away, and you know, <laughs> yes, that that's when I thought, oh, and wow, he leaves this him. is yeah, mm. this is um got some bite about it yeah absolutely you know we've um we've sort of gone all over the place so so how about we do a synopsis for the film and then we can get into a bit more about what we liked and what stood out what we didn't like all that stuff yeah agree all right so uh, you're you're so good at synopses i find i, I always love your synopses <laughs> oh man i like yours too i think we like each other's <laughs> the other person doing the synopses um yeah no so okay how would i how would i um break it down well it's set in the 1820s we've covered that already uh it's a it's a kind of frontier film um and it follows a character called cookie who's at the start of the film he's a cook for a uh, group of skinners, I guess they are. They're sort of yeah, I think they are beaver and or trappers or something. trappers, something like that. Um, and he's not liked by the group. They're all gruff men, and he's kind of like a daydreamer, and uh, you know, and just sort of one with nature, and a little bit of a sort of yeah. Know, he turns he, lizards around the yeah. right way up so they can <laughs> so they can get away. Exactly. He's just not a tough dude, yeah. um, but. Uh, there's something instantly likable about him. And then uh, he discovers a, a a Chinese man who has come over for gold to try and sort of find his fortune in gold, um, it, lost and naked in the woods, and he decides to help him, kind of save him. Uh, and this guy, yeah, the, the Chinese guy, King Lu, has um, two Russians that are chasing him. And uh, they basically... Cookie gets fired from that gang of trappers. The Chinese man ends up in a town sort of safe and the two of them form a friendship 
which then turns into like a business uh, relationship when they decide that if they steal the milk from this first cow that's arrived in town and is owned by one of the rich kind of, I don't know, almost like a mayor type character Mm. or a a lord of the land. Um, (laughs) If they like steal the milk, they can make these amazing uh, cookies. They're actually more like donuts, aren't they? And sell them for for good money because no one, no one on the frontiers tasted that kind of food for a long time. Um, And of course the whole thing is they can't get caught doing it or else they'd be in big trouble. And, and while they're going through all of this, their friendship just grows stronger and stronger. Mm. And Good we'll leave it, yeah, leave it around there. Unless you got anything you want to add? No, no. I, I just am interested. First of all, overall, did you like it? I did. It was a long feeling kind of slow moving, introspective, mm. uh, quiet film. And sometimes I was a little bit annoyed. There was a couple sections in it where I just was a little, I was like, come on, let's do something. Let's do something. Let's let's get moving. But overall, um, I really enjoyed it. I just thought it was done well. And I think the friendship and that key relationship in the middle between the two guys was so engaging that it really pulled me the whole way through the story. And I thought the book ending, the beginning and end was just brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. I thought for the first half of the film, the the slowness of it really got to me, and I, I was <laughs> getting a bit. Oh, it was annoying me certainly, and uh, and I was because of it. I was picking up little nitpicky picky things here and there, and saying, you know, that I'm not happy with that. The costumes aren't giving the right impression. Like these are stupid things. I love I it. No right to criticize. Yeah, uh, but then I I felt that as it went on and on and drew you in, there was so much payoff because of the, the slowness, uh, the, just, just so many, so many points at the, the latter half of the film were heaps better because you, you just had to, you know, um, grind your way through the start. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one, sometimes when a film makes you work for it like that, then the smaller payoffs feel bigger as well. You know, like yeah. the film's so slow in the first half and it is, and it is still in the second half, it's still a pretty quiet film. Like there's not a lot of action going on, but the action that is in there and the tension that is in there pays off and works so much better. I think because the first half is so slow. Yeah. It's mm. like the film's pregnant in the first half. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, has, has the baby in the, in the second. Yeah. I was so curious about what you'd think about this film because, you know, um, you're, you're a, a festival goer, right? And mm. not everyone is. And uh, I, I imagine in my mind that you're going to have a lot more patience for these kinds of films. So that's interesting to hear that it kind of got to you as well. Well, no, I do have a lot more patience and I generally like the slowness, but it did feel a bit like the you know, how, how does my art move you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a little overly labored. It's, I don't know. Yeah. It felt that it way, but I completely go back on that by the end of it. Like it, it really won me over. And by the end of it, I just thought it was a great film. Yeah. I can't speak highly enough about it. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. You know, um, it, 
there's there's so many references in this film i'm looking forward like i've got some remind me of and that's not what really what we were necessarily planning to do but i've got a bunch in mind um and i think i could she didn't mention it in her q a but i think i could pick a couple of kelly's references for sure like Mm. because they came through so strongly for me and there's a couple little easter eggs in there if i'm right which was fun (laughs) well just for those you know multiple viewers and listeners and subscribers that haven't haven't listened to our show before the premise we should remind them is that (laughs) we normally watch a film and then spend the second half of the episode just talking about all the the other films that it reminds us of and we agreed that that wasn't going to be the way we'd go this time but sometimes i agree you just got to go it's there it's there go with it because i I think well we 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 knew we weren't going to have the time right to sit around Mm -hmm. thinking about it afterwards because we're we're literally recording you know half an hour after seeing the film uh which is fun in its own right because the the feelings and the the thoughts are all kind of fresh right we've just seen the film we haven't had too much time to overthink it um but if the remind me of's are there let's do it might as well we'll throw one at me okay um so i think you know a few weeks ago i can't even remember the film maybe it was the lighthouse i Mm. talked about dead man yeah so i caught i caught so many dead man vibes the whole way through this thing and then At a certain point in the film, it's maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes in, Gary Farmer appears in there. Like he plays the Indian character or the Native American character in Dead Man. And here he's sitting all up, dressed up in sort of the chief outfit. Uh, and I, just, I was like, well, there it is. There's the Easter egg. Uh, you know? That's incredible. So I didn't pick that because I, I haven't seen Dead Man for so long. So I. Yeah, I, I loved it. It made me, it made me smile. Um, because I, I was catching that vibe. And then at the end of the film, uh, she she drops the score right down to a, like a lone guitar kind of playing along. And that's just so reminiscent of, uh, r- reminiscent of Neil Young's soundtrack from Dead Man as well. Yeah. Uh, so that Did one was really the scene with, Do you see the scene that Neil Young was in? You missed no. him? Are you serious? Oh, I can't believe you missed him. He was the third shooter on the... No, sorry. <laughs> oh, <are> you... <laughs> You're killing me here. <laughs> That's hilarious. That would be that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now that was that was cool. That was cool. And just the scenes where the two of them are walking around talking about random shit. You know, that's such mm. a dead man thing. That you know, there's so many travel scenes in that film where mm. the two the two friends are just you know talking about just really nothing to things that have nothing to do with the film, but they're in there. And that's great. That's just, that's great. In fact, I would say the dialogue in this is just great across the board. I really enjoyed it. I was, I I was had mixed, mixed feelings about the dialogue again in the first half in particular, like there was that, there was that big monologue that it would, what do you call it? A monologue slash um, montage. (laughs) Which one uh, is this? A, a montage log. <laughs> montage log. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was when they're they're early on in their courtship, and you know you're seeing the relationship develop. Yeah, and you're seeing um, uh, King King 
What's his King name? Lou. King, King Lou. Yeah. Sorry. Last time I'll ask. Uh, he's doing most of the talking and, you know, dreaming about the future. And it's, it, the whole thing is spread across three or four different scenes of domestic bliss. <laughs> of the, yeah. You know, one will be out mowing the lawn and the other's sort of doing the dishes inside. And Absolutely. And it and- goes so long. You know, it was never mentioned in the Q&A with, with the director. And, but to me, it was such an obvious question. Like, I just wanted to know um, if she was sort of playing with, um, like, having a, a, you know, gay couple, potentially, if you could read it as that in like a really sort of bizarre setting where mm. they've, and, and for a while, I thought that's where the film was going. I thought, we were heading towards these two falling in love. Um, I like that it didn't go that way and that they just yeah. remained friends, but um, you could read it almost as that, you know, and they were so out of, they were so out of time. Like there were two dudes that felt like they deserved, they should be living in the world today. Cause they're just so sort of, um, yeah, I don't know, enlightened and uh, soft and, uh, gentle and kind to each other and they're in this world just full of men that are like murderers and rapists it seemed you know so that that was so wonderful wasn't it yeah and I, I you could see she planted all these seeds of of a romantic connection between didn't she with like that crazy thing where where King uh, goes out to 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 start the fire and Cookie just immediately starts, you know, being house proud. I loved that scene. I loved it. Was it was so nice. And then he brings the flowers in. Yes. And I, I at no stage thought, I was hoping it wasn't going to become a, a physical broke relationship. A broken, yeah. Well, that's the obvious reference and I was thinking yeah. that all through. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping it wouldn't just because I wanted them to play with norms and that's, mm. what, she, that's what she did and just... Uh, just just pl- playing with what a male friendship relationship means and just presenting it differently. Like yeah. it's so different. We've looked at so many films just in the last few weeks uh, looking at male friendship and male relationship, haven't we? Like We have. You're right. Tons. It's a good Bad point. Boys for Life, just randomly. The Lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what else, but this was just a completely different and refreshing take on it. Absolutely. You know, she's a minimalist through and through. Mm. Like her, like the way I think about her filmmaking now is like those guys, the minimalists. It's like, what can you take out? That that's that seems to be her whole approach. So I think the idea that that relationship would become physical would almost she'd almost be turned off by that and go, well, we, it doesn't have to go there. Like I can remove that element, that obvious element, and we can explore what happens when it doesn't go there. Yeah, there's something to it. It makes her films um, feel like fest. Well, I think the two that I've seen, they they feel like festival films. They don't feel like uh, films for a mainstream audience. And that's got that says more about just the taste of people than about her films. I think her films are pretty great. The two that I've seen are, are pretty wonderful. So, but they're not for everyone. I don't think. I think that they have that that vibe, and because they're so stark, that's yeah. kind of sort of what it's about. Have you uh, seen or read of Master Men? Yeah, I've read it. Uh, I think maybe a long time ago I saw the Gary Sinise one. Mm. 
Um, and and what's his name? Malkovich. Yes, Malkovich. That's right. And it reminded me of that. Of yeah, that's two that's great. Two blokes with a like in that case there was the the sort of smart wise cracking one and the slow <laughs> slow so he's like King one. Lou. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, King King Lou's that Gary Sinise and yeah, uh, always plotting and scheming and what are we going to do? So an entrepreneurialist. Uh, and yes, so so similar, and in both cases, just dreamers. They've got mm. nothing, and their whole life is about, you know, what they're gonna make it's all of plans, it. Plans, right? Yeah, and, and that same uh, relationship where, in of mice and men, they're there planning their life together. <laughs> like they really are. We're gonna get a little plot of land and a house, and. Um, it just—it's nice. That—that was probably the main reference for me. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, the other one I had was um, Jeremiah Johnson. Did you ever no, see I that, that. No. Sydney Pollock film from? I think it was the seventies. Well, I love Sydney Pollock. Yeah, he's—he's—it's—it's it's a fave of mine. I haven't seen it. I think I've maybe seen it four or five times in my life, but uh, it's—I—I I just love it. It's. Um, it's a really, it's another really quiet film. It's got Robert Redford in it. And for huge chunks of the film, it's just Robert Redford, just uh, in the wilderness as a trapper, Skinner. Um, and he's, he's just trying to survive on his own. But it has that same sort of quiet, long shots. The nature's a real part of the film. The soundtrack is nature, very, mm. very sparse. It really made me think a bit about that, and maybe want to go watch that film again because it's such a such a great such a great film. Well, once you've finished watching that, if you haven't seen it, uh, watch the one where Robert Redford, an old Robert Redford, so fifty years after that, probably yeah, forty years, uh, is on a boat by himself. Oh, I have seen one? it. Yeah, what's it, it was, called? Um, it's a great. What's it called? Yeah, it's. It's the one where his yacht turns over while he's out at sea, right? And he he ends up. Does he end up on top of it for a while? I'm trying to remember. Exactly. Well, he ends up in all, then, all in all sorts of strife, um, and it just like the the point is that it's so slow moving, and you're with him every second of the of the journey, every split second decision, and things can just go slightly wrong, and that gets amplified because because of the slowness, just like in in uh, this this one um i have seen it because it was it was actually a reference i shot a short film set in the ocean uh and it, it just it's about a man that's been thrown thrown off the back of a boat and left uh. to die because uh, he was he had he had some gambling debts and the whole thing takes place in the water and so that 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 film was what i was one of the films i watched just to get a sense oh, of how they put it together i can't remember what it's called Blanking what, on it. You can't remember what your film was called. <laughs> no, my film's called no. Tide. I can't remember what that <laughs> film's called with Robert Redford. Yeah. Uh, look, it's a good film. People can look it up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Ah, cool. Um, anything else come to mind? Well, a, a silly one did for me. It's just not really, but have you seen the series Wayward Pines? Oh, I haven't seen it. No. Starring I've heard about Matt, it. Matt Dillon and. Yeah. The the character of what's his name? I can't think of the character's name or the actor's name. <laughs> in in first 
real aficionado I am. Uh, this is uh, what happens. <laughs> this is what happens to us. We talk about so many varied references. You just forget yeah, names. Film experts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the guy who plays the the chief bloke who they steal they steal the the milk from. Oh, um, yeah, I, I wrote name? his name down. Uh, Toby Jones, chief Toby Jones in this. I'm pretty sure he plays precisely the same character in <laughs> in Wayward Pines. What a great face same, that guy has. A what face? What a great face. We, we always talk about great faces. On oh, this he podcast, has, we, we probably do, but like, you know, character actors, I guess mm. that's what it's all about. But he has a great face. In Wayward Pines, he's the head honcho of this kind of twilight zone little community. There's all this mystery about what the community is. It's almost Truman Show-like. And uh, he he has these um, uh, th- these disciplinary things where he'll kill people in order to, you know, make everyone else scared. And he basically gave that line. <laughs> yeah. In this movie, yeah, uh, yeah, anyway. which, which was brilliant, by the way, because that line, that moment, that little scene where he, yeah, he does that sets up the stakes. You know that if he oh. catches the two guys who have been stealing milk from his cow, he's probably going to kill them. Yeah, absolutely. Just to make a brilliant. point. Yeah, it was brilliant. Great. Yeah, just really a shame well it was stolen, lifted straight from Wayward Pines, <laughs> but that's Pines. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, you know, speaking of just dialogue and little moments. There was a moment where the two guys are walking. This just sort of highlights it for me. Um, mm. This kind of uh, malaise that this sort of dreamy, just, just talk about life kind of feeling that this film has with when these two were just walking from place to place. There's a bit of dialogue that I wrote down while I was watching it because it made me laugh um, where uh, Cookie says, do you really believe that after they've just been talking about something and um the response you get from king lou is i believe different things in different places oh Uh, wow it was just beautiful just a beautiful little moment that basically sort of sums up the whole vibe of the way these two are going about life yeah it was interesting the dialogue there were there were those little nuggets that were wonderful a lot of it i found forgettable or overly sentimental at times Mm. Uh, but then all of a sudden you come across something just that's beautiful like that. So, I w- for example, I wasn't sure what to make, especially early on, of the relationship with the, the cookie had with the cow and the, the conversations <laughs> with the cow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you have any reaction, allergic or otherwise, <laughs> well, to those scenes? Overall, I thought because he's such a he's such an oddball anyway. I kind of went with it, but there was one moment where um, he's milking the cow and it gets a little sexual and weird uh, where he's like milking the cow and he's like, "Mm." and then he says, (laughs) he's like, how's that feel girl? Something like that. There was some (laughs) line like that. That was just a bit like, Oh, I I don't know about that, man. But (laughs) I'm like, where's this film going? (laughs) I I missed, I missed that line, but there were certainly (laughs) sexual undertones with the cow, (laughs) with the cow. Uh, but oh. like a, like a lot of the stuff, to me that then paid off somehow. I I kind of cringe through all those scenes, but then all of a sudden that had 
um, narrative relevance, didn't it? It had relevance to the plot. Yeah, and you know the way we've talked about in the past, there's filmmakers that are doing artsy things that are just sort of trying, seemingly trying it on, you know, mm. like, let's just throw a bit of this at it because it, you know, because we can. Um, I felt like every choice she made had been interrogated. You know, there was, mm. that it, it wasn't frivolous. It wasn't, let's just do this because it's cool or we like the style. It, it, it all kind of paid off in some way by the end. I appreciate that. There's... Um, this like rigor to it, you know, it's not just um, like, she's really thought about all those little things that feel incidental in the moment. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's why I ended up loving it because it, it almost played a trick on me. Mm. As I said so much, I didn't like first of all, and on almost every point that I hadn't liked much, she kind of threw it back in my face. Yeah. And, and that ended up being something that I really liked, which is odd. No, I like that. Um, that's a good way to sum up the film because I think, uh, like we were talking about, it being so slow in the first half and then it, that is actually what almost makes it all pay off so well mm. in the second half. Uh, it feels like that's what she's done. She's pulled one over us a little bit, uh, lulled us in with this feeling mm. of uber arty festival film, but then it does pay off in the end. So um, bravo, that's pretty good. I'll tell you, we're probably nearly done, but I'll tell you what else I liked. You you gave a reference a week or two ago. Uh, what was it? Was it the Ed, Ed Gregg and Alan Poe or Roald Dahl or both? Uh, there was one of each. There was one of each and it was the, the, the gist of both was serving up the... Um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what was it? Like it was serving like ser- up the murder, murder weapon. weapon. Yeah. Yeah, serving up the murder weapon to the uh, yeah. father of the person that's been killed almost. <laughs> I can't remember what yes. the yeah, scenarios exactly. were. Yeah. Um, the initial reference being rope where they served the dinner on top of the dead body. And I saw so much parallel with what they ended up doing in the when he, when he bakes the cake. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm it not was sure great. that's the spoiler. No, it was great. I yeah. totally agree. Um, and I love how dumb um, Toby Jones' character is, like Chief Factor. He's sort of missing this whole <laughs> thing that's happening in front of him. And yet everyone else around him seems to be figuring it out so quickly. It was pretty well yeah. done. Oh, another brilliant moment um, in this film. Did you, did you or did you not? light up when you saw spud from train spotting appear in it yeah straight away <laughs> i thought that was yeah. great There's some yeah. casting choices are just so inspired and in a film like this where you're thinking okay we're, this is super indie i'm probably not going to recognize a single face in this film mm. and then you get spud. Well, for me it was gary farmer then it was spud or maybe it was the other way around um and then it was toby jones and it was pretty cool to see all three of them in there now, I hope Toby Jones is from Wayward Pines. Um, <laughs> I would love it if he is. If he's not from Wayward Pines, we need to scrap this episode and perhaps do it again another time. <laughs> I just think anyone face. is here, man. <laughs> uh, so forgive me if not. Uh, Great. Cool. That's... Well, I think we've covered it, man. That's a, that's a good first ep, good opening night film. Um, one question I had for you is... Mm. Sometimes when you, you go to a festival and you see the opening night film, it makes you th- have draw some conclusions about what 
the whole festival is going to be like, what the themes uh, of the festival might be. Did you have any initial feelings based on this? Let's see. Well, I've never, I've never taken the opening night film very seriously. I have to say I've often, even if I've seen it, I've skipped over it thinking, okay, they've picked something that will appeal, will have wide appeal. <laughs> and then I've not um, gone much further, further into it. Uh, in this case, because it's a, a trimmed down festival, I guess I've got something, uh, a little fear that the whole thing will be uh, easily digestible for a wide, wide audience and there won't be too many things that just freak me out. Or, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that's just one niggling thing at the back of my mind. But, uh, so I, I, I think it's not going to be too out there. That's what I got from this film. But um, then again, I've looked at the program and I loved all the film. I loved the sound of all the ones that I picked. Yeah, so, me too. About you? Um, I I sort of went the other way. I, I, I had a feeling that maybe with less films and mm-hmm. and a little bit more of a streamlined approach, that maybe they might have uh, actually gone more risky with it and chosen uh-huh. some more bizarre films to, to throw in there. But who knows? We'll, we'll find out. Um, I thought yeah. as an opening night film, this film is, um, it's definitely enjoyable, whether it's the usual kind of crowd pleaser that you might expect at a festival. I don't know. It's interesting. Didn't, didn't feel like a big crowd pleaser. It no. felt like a, a quiet, mellow crowd pleaser. <laughs> yeah. Like no one's, no one's going to be turned off by it. Um, yeah. But some people might be a little bored by it that's a seems like a horrible thing to say but maybe some people could could be i think it's a good it's almost an entrance test mm. you know people have to sit the exam pass, right. and then yeah. they get to see the rest of the festival yeah so well, that's, I'll, I'll, that's <laughs> yeah, sort of what i, I, I took from necessary. it yeah. yeah that's kind of what i took from it is that we, we hopefully we'll we'll see some more interesting films that push that push the boundaries a little bit as we go along yeah. And, if, and if you made it through this and you enjoyed it, you're going to be fine with the rest. Yeah. Mm. Well, perhaps if, if anybody has made it through this podcast episode yeah. and enjoyed it or didn't hate it, perhaps they can join <laughs> us at the, at the next one. I'm not sure which, what movie it'll be yet, but we've got a, a swag to choose from. That's right. Yep. Um, we've, there's a whole bunch that are going to happen uh, that you can watch at any time during the two weeks. So yeah. we're going to pick off a couple of those to do in the next few days. And then there's a couple sort of films that have single screenings that we're doing as well. So it's a real mixed bag. Okay. Well, one way yeah. or another, I'll speak to you, speak to you soon, Baron. Brilliant, Doc. Great, great episode. Great chatting with you. Um, talk to you soon, man.